You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. Good to see everybody here. Good to see you and uh, welcome everybody joining us online, Lake County, and welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go. Yes. And I just see, um, as a pastor, I can't be any more proud. Just seeing all the Dolphin fans. Just someone texted me a little bit earlier and said, there's, there's a lot of Dolphin people now. What's going on? I said, it's called revival. Okay. It's called revival. And some people have asked, hey, why aren't the Dolphins playing? And listen, when you, when you live in San Francisco and when you live in Kansas City, of course you want out of the city this time of year. But when you live in Miami, we've already played a lot of games. We're living up in Miami. So we set this out by our choice, okay? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And uh, I, I'm excited to have you. Just, I wanna just kind of show hands. I wanna see, or maybe not hands. You guys are already rowdy and I like it. Maybe you can just cheer, do whatever you want. Uh, how many of y'all are going for the Chiefs? Okay, okay. How many going for the 49ers? Wow, wow, okay. How many of you are like, man, I didn't even know there was a game, I'm here for the commercials. Commercials. How about the food? Yeah. And some of y'all are like, pastor, I'm just lost. I don't know what's happening. I didn't know what day it was. Um, maybe, maybe you're a little bit like my wife. This is the shirt that my wife is wearing today. I just hope both teams have fun, okay? She's, she's just, you know, very political, very mom, peacekeeper. Listen, I just want everybody to have fun and just, so maybe that's you. Maybe you're just like, hey, I don't know what's happening. I just hope everybody enjoys their day. And if that's you, we're, we're glad that you're here. I will say, um, people ask me, say, hey, pastor, uh, what does the Bible have to say about tonight's game? Does it, does it have any prophecy or prediction? And it, it's funny that you ask. And so uh, I think it does. And so I just went and I just fell on my knees and just began to pray, said, God, would you just show me a word and would you just guide me? I just would like some guidance for tonight. And I, I said, amen. And as soon as I said, amen, my Bible just opened up to 2 Samuel 1, 23. And it says this, they were swifter than eagles and stronger than lions. And I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles, they got beat, and the Detroit Lions, they got beat, but God, did you just reference Taylor Swift? I'm like, what? And listen, I'm just a man of the word, and I'm just looking at the word, and I'm like, wow. And as we know, Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13, and this is Super Bowl 58, five plus eight is 13. If she goes to the Super Bowl, it'll be the 13th time attending the Chiefs game. Today is February 11th, two and 11 is 13. She flew from Tokyo to Las Vegas, roughly 13 hours. The Chiefs are playing the 49ers, four plus nine is 13. I'm like, all right, Lord, I hear you, I hear you. So I knew the Lord was pointing me to number 13. And so I went to Job 4.9 because 4 plus 9 is 13. And in 4.9, it has to be about the 49ers. And it says, at the breath of God, they perish. 
At the blast of his anger, they are no more. That doesn't look good for the 49ers. And I felt in my heart, the Lord leading me to Job 7, 6, because seven plus six is 13. And this describes what the day will be like for the 49ers. My days are swifter than a weaver shuttle and they come to an end without hope. Hmm. So the 49ers, it appears, are gonna get swifted and their season ends without hope and still I'm unsure. So I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I wanna be sure. And he said this, keep your eye on the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who is the shepherd of the chiefs and has shepherded them to many victories. And he pointed me to 1 Peter 5, 4. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade. Guys, I'm just telling you, it can't be any clearer than that. The word of God says the chiefs will once again receive the crown of glory. And I guess the 49ers are just gonna have to shake it off. pastor friend of mine, pastor Ben came up with that. And this is what I know about Ben. He has a lot more time on his hands than I do. That is pretty good and pretty creative. And here's the question today is, is, is in the game and in life, who's God going for? Is God going for the chiefs? Is he going for the 49ers? And, and it's kind of a rhetorical question because we know who he really loves the Dolphins, but who is he going for? Who is God going for? And here, if you don't hear anything else, this is today's message. God is for you. God's for you. As a matter of fact, the 49ers chaplain, he said, I pray for every player on both teams, not that they win or lose, but that they win in life and with God. That's how he prays. And what you need to hear and what you need to know is that God is with you. Here, listen, listen, listen. We think that God is with us if we do so-and-so. We, we think God is with us unless so-and-so, or God is with us, but, and there is no if, ands, or buts, there's not on the left, God is for you, exclamation point. God is for you. God is for you. There's a pastor in Atlanta named Jeff Henderson. He wrote a book called Four, and a great book. Some of my uh, message today will be a little bit from, uh, inspired from his book, but if you wanna take this message a little bit deeper, I recommend getting that book, and you can read it really, really good. But today, we're gonna be in Romans chapter eight. Romans is one of the books uh, in the New Testament, and it's gonna be on page 972 if you're using one of uh, the Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, there is a Bible in the seat back in front of you, Lake County, it's underneath your seat. That is a gift from us to you. You don't have to ask anybody. You don't need to get permission. You can just take that. That is a gift from us. And on the inside cover is a, a QR code and a note from me to help you know how to begin reading the Bible. But we're gonna be in Romans chapter eight today. And as you're turning to Romans eight, I want you to listen to what the 49ers and NFL leading rusher Christian McCaffrey said about the Bible. He said, anytime I'm having a tough day or having a bad time in life, I just get back to getting in the word. It's got all the answers. Some of y'all are keeping track and you're like, I'm going to see how many, you know, pastor quotes, how many, which team, that's the team I'm going for. So it's one, nothing. <laughs> this is Romans eight thirty one. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Keeps going in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? It keeps going in verse 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor the powers, nor the height, nor the depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So here's the question. What if it's true? Like, like I, know, I know in a room and, and people online, not everybody believes it's true. I just want you to imagine what if it's true? What if God is for you? Let's just think about that. What if God is for you? This verse, Romans eight thirty one. if he is, then who could be against us? I'd even say if he is, then what can be against us? And I want to make the case of going from if to it is. God is for you. What if nothing could separate you from the love of God as Romans 8, 38 and 39 says? So what if he is for you and what if nothing could separate? Then what does that mean? How, how do we live in response of that? When I was in college, I was dating TJ, my now wife, and, and I played baseball in college, ended up tearing my Achilles tendon and had some complications and ended up being a long time. I was on crutches for 18 months. I had a stick shift vehicle and some of y'all are like, what's that? Like, is that a Flintstone car? What is that? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you just said. It's basically real quick. If you don't know stick shift, they just added extra pedals to make it harder. And the reason we don't have them is because of smartphones. You can't drive a stick and be like, that's pretty much it. Can you imagine teaching your kids stick shift with a smartphone? It would would freak me out. So I'm in college. It's you're busier than ever this time of life, the social life, sports, everything. I can't drive. I can't do uh, my chores. I can't cook, which at that time consisted of different kinds of cereal. And, (laughs) and I watched my wife put everything in her life on hold. And she would drive me to appointment after appointment to school. She would drive me anywhere and everywhere. She, she worked multiple jobs. She had her own uh, heavy schedule of classes. And yet she, without me asking, just took all of her time to care for me in extraordinary ways at that age. And I was blown away after week after week after week of watching her do this and never once did she complain. And, and I was not always in a healthy place. My mind, my soul sometimes would go dark when, when it's college baseball, it's 18 months and I'm thinking all these worst case scenarios, this is supposed to be my prime, this is supposed to be my opportunity. And she just kept lifting me up. And it was in that season that I had a front row seat to watch my wife beautifully show me and display to me what it looked like for me to know that somebody was for me. And I think we all have a story of when somebody was for you. Maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a random person that they just went above and beyond. And, and there's something powerful when you know that somebody is for you, right? Like, like I was blown away just to see my wife do that. But listen, listen, can you imagine if the God of the universe is for you? Can you imagine the God of the universe is for you? That's a game changer. Absolute game changer. I want to ask another question. This is one of the most important questions that you could ever answer. This is the question. What do you think God thinks of you? 
What do you think God thinks of you? This is a really important question. How you answer this question tells me a lot about your relationship with God, about how you see the world, how you see yourself. And here's something I bet I know about you. Even if I haven't met you, I bet I know this about you. I bet you are your most hardest and most difficult critic of your life. I bet you are your hardest critic. So here's what that means. If you're your most difficult critic and you are disappointed with your life, then you're going to assume that if I'm disappointed, then God must be disappointed. And you know what we do to people that we feel like we've disappointed? We avoid them. When, I, when we feel like we've disappointed somebody, we just, we can't be around that 24 seven, so we avoid that. And if we think that we have disappointed God, then we end up avoiding God. And some of you have been avoiding God for a really, really long time because you think you've been disappointing God. And we see this not just with people that aren't Christians, we see this with Christians. You, you did, you, you sinned or you made a poor decision and the guilt and the shame you feel like God is disappointed, so that's why you don't come to church every week. That's why you don't pick up the Bible or pray because you can't handle the disappointment. But what if I told you he wasn't disappointed with you? What if I told you that he actually delights in you? And just like we avoid people that disappoint us, I think we cling to people that delight in us. I know that's what I do. I know that's what I do with my boo. She just, she just delighted me in college. And it just blew me away. And what you need to know is God delights in you. He's crazy about you. When he thinks of you, he smiles. God loves you. He's not disappointed. He delights in you. You know what, you know what the number one Bible verse at a football game is? Many of you, you don't even have to know the Bible. You probably know what it is, John three sixteen. You see it all the time. You see it everywhere. And some, some of us, we've just seen it so often that it just doesn't even mean much anymore. And so I wanna, I wanna ask you to try to look at it, try to listen today with fresh eyes, fresh mind, fresh soul. It says this, for God so loved the world. The most powerful six words we could ever embrace. For God so loved the world. Let's look at that word, so. For God so loved the world. The word uh, so there means most certainly. You're like, you can take it to the bank. You can count on it. You can trust it. You can embrace it. You can receive it. You can count on God's love for the world. There's no if, ands, or buts. God is for you. God is for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How much does God love you? He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. God is for you. Well, he might be for me, but if he found out what I did, then, then he would rethink that. No, 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 no. God is for you and he proved it by sending his one and only son. Jesus is for you because he proved it by laying over his life for you. Nobody took his life, he voluntarily gave it up. This is what John 15, 13 says. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. See what he calls you? 
He calls you a friend. He delights in you. There's no greater love than the love displayed on a cross that Jesus came to die on the cross for you. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He didn't come to condemn you because he's disappointed. He came to redeem you because he delights in you. God is for you. Listen, this is so important. Jesus didn't go to the cross. He went through the cross to get to you. His end goal was not a cross. His end goal was you, but the cross was how he got to you. And, and, and the, what that means is he will do anything and everything for you because he's crazy about it. Because he is for you. He, he didn't go to the cross. He went through the cross to get to you. And he knew that all of us, including myself, he knew we'd be knuckleheads. He knew we'd make poor decisions. Romans 5, 8 says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He he, he didn't die for you. He didn't die for me thinking, hey, I'm going to die for them because I think they're going to be perfect. And then once he found out you weren't perfect, he then became disappointed because you disappointed, you surprised him because he thought he was dying for somebody perfect. That's not what happened. He knew you'd be a knucklehead. He knew you'd make uh, foolish decisions. He knew that you'd have sin, that, that you'd be greedy, stubborn, lustful, jealous, unkind. He knew you'd make unwise decisions like becoming a Georgia Bulldog fan. Like he knows that. Listen, I'm just getting paid to speak truth. That's my job. I'm just speaking the truth, okay? I just speak truth. Your sin did not shock God. There's only one person that's sinless and his name's Jesus. And it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I wanna kind of help on maybe relate it a little bit. And like you all have a a sporting team and and they always disappoint you, except for one team. There's one perfect team and that's the 1972 Miami Dolphins. I'm just, listen, this is not, it's it's important that you understand. I didn't wanna show this. It's just, it's not an opinion. We're just talking facts, okay? A perfect season and I'm just trying to illustrate God's love, his perfect love for you, okay? This is not a stretch. God is for you. Listen, God is for you. God is for you. That's good, Pastor, What, 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 what next? Give me the next thing, no, no, no. Like, what if it's true that God is for you? That's a, that's a big statement, but it's not the final statement. It gets better. God isn't just for you. He's also for your neighbor. He's for your coworker. He's for your, your family. That crazy uncle that you have, that, that uncle, he's for him. And some of you are like, I don't have a crazy uncle. You him, okay? You him. I, just, I don't mean to break it down on Sunday morning, but hey. Your family right now is celebrating. It's a miracle that you're here to them, okay? This is a big deal. God is for you. God is for them, but we have a problem. Okay, we have a problem. God is for you. God is for them, and we have a problem. And I want to address the problem. 
In order to solve it, we have to address it. The church, Christians, if you're not a Christian, this is on us. I want to talk to the Christians right now. We have accidentally gone to them and we have not done a good job of taking the heart of God to the people that he loves. And, and because of that, they don't know that he's for them because we've not told them that he's for them. What we've said is what we think he's against. And we've been so busy telling everybody what we are against or who we are against that they don't know who he is for. And that's our, that's our responsibility. It may not be our fault, but it's our responsibility as the church. And it's a big problem. What we have is the church is not a, uh, a business, but there is a brand. There is a reputation. And, and, and I just want you to know if you're new here, if you're not a Christian, or maybe you are a Christian, or maybe you've been coming for a while, but one way or another, you've been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by a Christian. You might have been hurt by me, by something we've said or done or made you feel that you don't know or experience the heart of God. I just want to say, I'm sorry. On behalf of God, that is not a reflection of his heart because God is for you and we don't always do a good job of communicating that. And so I wanna say, I'm sorry. And I wanna right size it and let you know on behalf of whoever hurt you, whatever has hurt you, that God is for you, Man. period, Man. period. Too many of us Christians have been known for what we, what or who we are against instead of what or who we are for. Let me illustrate it like this. If I were to ask you who you're going for in the Super Bowl and your response is, I don't like the 49ers. I said, well, that didn't really answer my question. Let me ask again, who are you going for? I don't really care for the 49ers. Cool. Why are you telling me what, who you don't want to win? Why don't you tell me who you do want to win? And we do that sometimes and too often in the church. Let me ask you this question. Why do we feel like we have to go negative to go positive? Why do we feel like we have to go backwards to go forwards? Why do we feel like we have to cut down to build up? What if we just went around and told people what we're for and what we believe God is for? We'd have a lot less wounded and hurt people in our communities. But for some reason, we think it's our job to go around and tell everybody what God is against and what we are against instead of telling people what we believe God is for. And he is for people. He is for you. He is for your neighbor. And it is our job to go around and tell people and show people that God is for them. We are Christ ambassadors. And an ambassador means we are his representative. It, it, my opinions and feelings don't even matter. That's not my job once I became a Christian. My, my job is to represent the heart of God to, to everybody, to people. That's my job. This comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Your opinion doesn't even matter. That's not your job if you're a Christian. Your job is to go and help be an ambassador of what he thinks to the people around us. And he's crazy about them. And so many times we're giving people our own commentary that has nothing to do with God. And they're walking away thinking our commentary is how he feels. And they're thinking, if that's how the church thinks about me, then that must be what he thinks about me. And so I'm just going to avoid him because he's disappointed in me. 
And I'm just telling you, if that's been you, I'm so sorry that we have hurt you. And maybe if that's been you, and there's a lot more of us than we'd like to admit, that may be the accidental thing that we said or communicated to people, either intentionally or unintentionally, and we have accidentally hurt people. And church, it is our job to repent. It is our job to repent and make that right. One of our jobs is to represent the heart of God to everyone. And I think a lot of the players this week are doing a great job of that in the Super Bowl. When Chiefs wide receiver Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling was asked, who is Christ in your life? He answered, Jesus Christ is king. Amen. Isn't that cool? Here's my challenge. Instead of looking for what divides, look for what unites. We live in a very divisive world. Instead of looking for what divides, look for what unites. When my wife and I were in college, one of the things we did with some of our friends is is we kind of had a Christian on-campus club and ministry, and we thought, hey, we want to create this experience that we called Common Ground. And the whole idea was let's create a fun on-campus activity, kind of like a, a SNL meets a variety show. We just had a lot of different acts and fun and, and everything was around round tables and we did coffee and all these different fun things. But the whole idea, we called it Common Ground and we didn't market it as some Christian thing. We just called it Common Ground and the goal was for us Christians just to sit across the table and get to know people to see what do we have in common? What is there that is common ground that we can build on so that we can help them understand and know the love of God. So we called it common ground. You know where we got that idea? From the Bible, from a guy named Paul. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23. I've become all things to all people so, that, so by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in her blessings. He says, to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the weak, I became weak. And to the educated, I became educated. He just said, I became all things to all people. What was he doing? He was just trying to find common ground. Let me give you an example how this might work. You might like, Pastor, give me an example how that might work. Okay, it might work like this. You're at a, a Super Bowl gathering tonight. And you're just trying to, hey, I want to put this in practice. I want to just find common ground. So you go to somebody and say, hey, who are you going for, the Chiefs or the 49ers? And they just say, neither. You're like, okay. I gotta find common ground. Okay, uh, do you have a different team? Uh, I don't really care about pro football. Okay, no problem. Do you have a, are you a college football fan? Do you have a college team? No, I don't really care about college football. Um, okay, do you have any team? No, I don't have any team. I have no team, I don't care about sports. No problem, hey, it's cool. Uh, have you ever played a sport, like ever? Like maybe in third grade, maybe in P, you ever played a sport? No, never played a sport, ever. (laughs) No problem, no problem, just keep digging. Have you ever heard of a sport? (laughs) You ever heard of a sport? And they're like, yeah, I heard of a sport. And this is your response. That's awesome, so have I. That is fantastic. What sports have you heard of? This is great news. This is great. Instead, we ask the first question, and if they don't align with us, then we cut them off. And what Paul's saying, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. It doesn't matter if they vote like you. It doesn't matter if they dress like you. It doesn't matter if they eat different than you. Keep digging until you find common ground, and then you build on that so that they, they know that he loves them. 
He says, I become all things to all people, not for my benefit, so that I can relay a message that he is for them. You find things that unite, not divide. And what we can get too busy doing in our culture is following the culture's lead. And the church's job is not to follow the culture of divisiveness. The church's job is to lead the culture. And we do it through unity. We do it through love. We do it through grace. I'm not saying this has ever happened to me. This is just an example. Y'all understand this is important, okay? But let's just say you're on a date, okay? And you wanna figure out where you go to dinner. And you say, hey honey, where do you wanna go? Just pop quiz, did this ever happen to me? No. No, I'm just giving an example. I had to Google this. I don't even know anything about this, okay? I said, hey, where do you wanna go to dinner? And if the other person responds, I don't wanna go to Olive Garden. Well, there's like 2,000 restaurants in Orlando. Okay, if this is what we're gonna do, then don't, don't worry about dinner. Let's figure out breakfast, okay? So like, instead of talking about what we don't want or what we're against, talk about what we are for. Talk about who we are for. At the core of the heart of, at the core of, the heart of God is a heart that is for you. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't feel like that. Matter of fact, I feel like my entire life, people have just passed me up. I can't seem to figure out how to keep friends or I feel like I keep getting passed over a job or a promotion. I wanna get serious in a relationship, but I feel like I can never find the right one. And you just feel like so many things are overlooking you that you start to wonder, does God even see me? Is God even overlooking me? And maybe if you feel like that, you might feel a little bit like the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is, has the worst nickname in the NFL. It's called Mr. Irrelevant. You see, Mr. Irrelevant is, given, is the nickname given to the person that is picked dead last in the draft dead last. There are 262 people in the draft. I want you to go back to middle school, elementary, when you got picked last. And there were like eight people. Remember how, how bad you felt when there were like eight and you got picked last? Like the shame you felt? Imagine 262 and you get picked dead last. Every team passed you up multiple times. Multiple times they passed you up. And, and maybe you feel a little bit like property. Like, man, God keeps passing me up. People keep passing me. Do I even matter to God? I want you to listen to what he said because Brock's a Christian. He said, getting drafted last, people overlook you and all that kind of stuff. And then all you need, to, all you need is an opportunity and watch and see what God does. I put my faith and trust in God and he's gotten me where I am today. You see, this is what I know. God brings dead things to life. God brings light out of darkness. He brings hope from hopelessness. Brock recently was down 17 points at halftime came back and won. And this is what he said at halftime. Maybe you feel like you're down 17 at half. 
He said, when I'm down 17 at half, honestly, I'm just like thinking, all right, God, you've taken me here and win or lose, I'm going to glorify you. That's my peace and that's the joy, that's the steadfastness, that's where I get it from. It's from God, win or lose, I'm here to glorify you. Not good. Some of you cheese fan can't even receive a nice word from God right now, okay? Like, you're like, well, he doesn't even believe. Like, no, just receive it. Let me ask you this question. If you're a Christian today, it's a bold question. What do you think you're known for? Not, not, not like what you think, but like, what do you think they think of you? What do you think you're known for? And if you really wanna find the answer, you can go around and ask people, what do you think I'm known for? Am I, am I known as somebody that just outbursts with anger? Am I known as I'm just too busy for, what am I known for? I've done this with my family, with my kids years back, is said, hey, what am I known for? What's it like to be on the other side of me? And I didn't like their answer, so I never asked them again. I mean, what's the, they're just kids. They don't know anything. So like, you'll grow up. You'll understand kids. Get out of my face. What do you think you're known for? It's our job to be ambassadors. And maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. My prayer is that you would realize that God is not disappointed in you, but that you realize that God delights in you. And that on some level, small or big, today you begin to trust that very statement that God is for you. Because when you do, if God is for you, who can be against you? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your word that if you are for us, who could be against us? But God, if we're honest, sometimes we either don't know that or we doubt that, that you're for us. Sometimes we're so overwhelmed with guilt and shame that we feel like we've disappointed you and we don't know that you delight in us. So God, I pray that would you help us to reject fake news and to embrace your word, to embrace what you really think of us, that you delight in us, that we no longer have to avoid you. And would you help us instead to cling to you? Would you help us to trust you? Because if you are for us, then who could be against us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.